Hey there, friends. Jay Revel here. Welcome to another edition of Mid-Am Crisis. As always, got another fascinating discussion for you on tap this week. Uh, on this episode, I'm joined by my friend Samantha Marks. Uh, hopefully you are following Samantha over on Twitter where she dishes out some of the best golf takes uh, around these days. Samantha is someone who has a real growing voice in the game uh, and the following to match. She is formerly of the Golf Channel, uh, formerly of the Arkansas Golf Program, and today she is CEO of her own uh, marketing company, uh, and one that's doing quite well with clients both uh, in and out of the golf world. Uh, I've enjoyed watching her continue uh, to share her thoughts and feelings about the game. Uh, She's got a great sense of humor and uh, splices in a lot of great witty takes uh, as she tweets about the game, which is really cool. It's in, it's always awesome to see someone who uh, has a tenacity like she does go out, starting her own business, finding success. I've been attracted to that story because uh, about the same time she was branching out uh, to start her own company after losing her job, I was doing something very similar myself. Uh, so we're on somewhat parallel tracks there, and I've uh, really enjoyed you know seeing her continue to find success on that journey, and I wanted to talk to her about that. I wanted to talk to her about her life in golf, uh, and we had just a wonderful discussion. I think you're going to enjoy it. Uh, really uh, great to see a lot of new listeners in the last few weeks. Uh, if you're enjoying the show, I hope you will uh, leave us a review on your favorite listening platform. That is always appreciated, and thanks for listening as always. Uh, means the world to connect with people. Uh, hear great feedback on uh, people enjoying the show, and we're going to keep producing these and bringing them to you uh, so that hopefully you can discover a little bit something new about some of the people that you see talking about our wonderful game from time to time. Anywho, uh, I appreciate you being here. Thanks, as always, for listening, and uh, I think you're going to like this discussion with Samantha Marks. We'll turn it over that way now. Samantha. Yo, what's up? How are we? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Oh, better now. <laughs> well, you know, that, that's that's what we try to do here at uh, Revel Industries, uh, make people feel good, especially uh, when chatting on a Friday. I love it. It's Friday. Uh, I've got my coffee here. Don't know when that's going to switch to tequila, but who's to know? Well, you know, uh, you can never really go too soon. Um, I agree. I expect- agree. Especially, uh, you know, here in Florida, uh, sunny, sunny winter weather uh, sounded like you got uh, good skies ahead for the Winter Park uh, Friday Skins game. Oh, yes. It's going to be beautiful out there today. It's a uh, it's actually a three club challenge. Today. Oh, wonderful. So um, I've been losing sleep over what clubs I'm going to choose. And uh, we'll see. We'll see what I panic decide later. Do you uh, happen to run into my pal Stephen Davy down there when he's uh, trying to rate everybody's money on Friday afternoon? I the name does sound familiar. <laughs> well, I have uh, had a chance to play in that wonderful outing a couple times, and some dear friends of mine playing it regularly. Uh, always a big crowd. Uh, I know. Uh, I was talking to Janella the other day. I know that uh, you know he misses that scene, but got him a new one on the uh, going on the West Coast. But it's such a fun environment out there. 
um, you know, hard not to, to, to come with a smile and leave with a bigger one when you're out there playing in winter park. It is. We've got such a good group and, uh, we've kind of all bonded together. You know, we'll go out for, for dinner and drinks after and just kind of really enjoy the atmosphere. And there's just, nobody really cares about the actual golf, which is like, which is the kind of golf that I like to play. You know, nobody's going to, freak out if they miss a putt or, or anything like that. And, and that's the kind of people I, I try to surround myself with on the golf course. So it's definitely a good way for, for me to play after many years of taking it too seriously. If that makes oh, sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I know that feeling. Um, yeah. You know, you, you use the word atmosphere and uh, I'm not sure there's a more, a more perfect description for the whole winter park vibe down there. What, what are some of your favorite places to uh, hit up when you get off the golf course? Oh gosh. Well, I grew up here, so I am like a winter park expert. Um, I like to call myself, but I'm a big fan of the porch. That's where we typically go after skins. It's like just the sports bar kind of vibe. They've always got the TVs on the golf and, you know, got a, can catch up on the ESPN action, get some wings, um, get some tater tots and have a beer and, sit and talk about all of our shots from the day as golfers do after the round. Um, I like everywhere on Park Ave. I live just a couple blocks off of Park Ave. Um, so those are always really fun places, but it's not always like a dress up vibe. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I love the whole winter park area. I grew up here, went to school, high school here, and my parents live two blocks away. So it's pretty great. It's like very, very much home to me. So where did you, where did you play your golf growing up down there? I played at Interlochen Country Club here in Winter Park. Um, it's a private course um, about three miles from Park Ave, a little bit to the east. Um, and still a member there now. Now I have my own membership, which is nice, except for the whole dues thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, it's it's great. That's where I, I took lessons from the head pro as a kid. And uh, and it, it was just good for me. And I it's so funny, actually, now that you say that. Growing up, I was kind of the only kid that was out there, you know, and now I'll go out to the range, which I, I don't really go out to the range often, but when I do, it's like only kids. And I'm like, where did all these kids come from? Because I would have loved to have all of these friends when I was growing up playing. So it's so funny just how the game has grown and the, the younger uh, membership that we're getting. And it's, it's just great for, uh, for the game. And I love to see it. So, yeah, that is great. Yeah. You know, I, my experience, I grew up on a little nine hole golf course, just north of Tallahassee. And my, my grandfather was the head professional, but me, my brother and my next door neighbor were like the only kids, uh, you know, really in the, in the whole neighborhood. And, and that's, you know, that was how we, you know, entertained ourselves from sun up to Sunday. Yeah. We just got dropped off and, and went and, uh, you know, it was like, I don't, I don't know how many rounds we logged a year, but, um, mom and dad never had to worry about where to find us, you know? Oh yeah. And that's the best thing is when, you know, your kids very rarely get in trouble on the golf course. And that's why I think it's, it's such a good game for, for young kids and for parents to teach their kids or get their kids involved is, um, so, I mean, I never really got in trouble as a kid. I was always traveling and playing and doing stuff like that. So I think it's one of the best sports out there for sure. So how old were you when you started competing in golf? I started competing when I was six. Um, 
I started playing a bunch of those like little U.S. kids events, um, three hall events, six hall events, you know, just to kind of get my feet wet in the in the competition world. I don't remember much about that part in my life, obviously, but um, and then, you know, I just kind of grew grew into the game and um, was learning from my dad. And I had I got a coach when I was I want to say like eight or so. And, um, yeah, it was just, it was great. And growing up in the sport and both, both my parents play and they, um, they both carry about a five or six handicap now. So it's, it's some good competition nowadays. Yeah, no kidding. So, I, you know, my daughter is three years old, uh, lovely little sporty gal and, uh, just got her her first, you know, real set of clubs, I guess you would say. Um, you know, from your perspective, what, what, what kind of tips might you offer uh, from the experience you had with your parents uh, that helped get you into the game? Yeah, I'll say one of the things that I remember, you know, growing up was was it was never really, uh, especially when I was super young. So mm-hmm. if I was like five or six, it was it was never a have to do this or we got to go do this. It was always like my dad was going to go out there. And if I wanted to go, I could sit in the bunker and play with the sand for mm-hmm. 10 minutes. And then if I said I wanted to leave, then we left. Um, he was always rewarded with a slushy afterwards from Seven Eleven. So I don't know if little bar, uh, bribes help. On yeah, end, I'm all about def- it. Definitely helped me. Um, we would always play games and contests. And we never really sat there and like grinded it out. When I was young, it was more so like, let's see who can bounce the ball on the wedge the longest and the, the winner gets a dollar or, you know, just dumb stuff like that. And it was just all about hitting the ball as hard as you can. And we'll worry about the technique later. So that's um, just, that's just kind of how I got into the game and saw it in a really fun way at a young age. Yeah, that's cool. Well, I'm, I'm all about some bribery. Um, <laughs> what about, you know, how were your parents as uh, spectators uh, growing up and you know, getting into all those competitive events? Ooh, loaded question. Uh-huh. <laughs> they were good. Um, I mean, they just wanted me to succeed so bad, you know, yeah. um, but they were there every single event. Um, at least one parent was at every event. It was never... I was never at a tournament alone, even in college. Um, I traveled with us everywhere, which my mom doesn't work and my dad has his own company. So very fortunate on that end where, you know, they, they had the ability to follow us around and, and be the biggest spectators they could. Um, I mean, you know, whenever they, when they get mad or, you know, mad quote unquote, it was just because they knew I could have, you know, I was capable of better you know what Mm -hmm. I mean it wasn't it wasn't ever like an actual anger at me um but yeah I mean I will say golf I've seen some uh some crazy golf parents that's for sure and uh some of them are a little psycho but um (laughs) it is what it is and I mean it's it's definitely hard when it's an individual sport and and everything falls on you it's not like you know, you're in a basketball team or a football team where you can maybe blame something on somebody else or so it's it's tough, but it comes down to just that responsibility and and owning it for yourself. You mentioned playing in college. What, what was that kind of experience you know, going from being a, a junior into into the high school you know um, uh, world all the way into uh, you know getting recruited and going and playing in college? What, what was that experience like for you? 
Yeah, so my junior year of high school, I transferred to a homeschooling. Uh, I call it like an institution because it wasn't really like a school. But I went one day a week to class and then I would practice the rest of the time. So it was like it was for people who were heavily involved in sports or theater or you know, traveling and, and, and doing a lot of stuff like that. I, I went to the same school from when I was in preschool to 10th grade. And they were starting to kind of get mad that I was missing all this school playing AJGA events. And I was just kind of like, I don't know what you want me to do about it. Like, I'm trying to get a scholarship here. Mm -hmm. So um, I transferred to the school I did. I was at for my junior and senior year. And, um, and so I kind of felt like I had a little bit of that college feeling, you know, going to class once or twice mm -hmm. a week and then kind of learning it on my own and, and figuring it out. And, but then going to college, I mean, it's completely different. Um, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say at all that I was sheltered as a kid, but you know, I, I didn't do a whole lot in high school because I was always traveling. So, I mean, I, I had friends and I had a social life, but it wasn't near what, what my friends who didn't play sports had. Um, so it was definitely an adjustment and, you know, living on your own and, and figuring it out for yourself is, is always <laughs> interesting, but, um, but it was fine. And definitely being in athletics, um, gave me, you know, that structure and that schedule that I needed in order to succeed. And so at the end of the day, you know, I'm a strong believer in like, you'll figure it out. Like everything will be fine. Um, and I did, and it worked out. Everything worked out just fine. Yeah, that's cool. So when you got uh, you know, into that competitive world of, of collegiate athletics, um, you know, how did that differ from, you know, obviously a very intense junior scene? Was it, did you find it more intense or less intense? Uh, definitely more um, because high school golf is whatever, but playing for, you know, your college team is a little bit different and having that, um, I, again, I wouldn't say pressure, but having that responsibility in order to train and perform and, and knowing that it's, it's, you can win individually, but you can also win as a team. And so, um, I thought, I thought college was, was fun. I, I also would not go back. <laughs> um, that's like a super hot take. All my friends are like, I miss college. I'm like, I don't like, I like having money and doing my own things. And I don't like having to read books about random stuff I don't care about so I think that um I was never a very scholastic kid if you want to say it mm -hmm. like I had fine grades but I wasn't you know I mean I was on the honor roll but I wasn't going to get like the dean's list or anything like that and and that was fine with me you know I was never somebody who who was trying to be the smartest kid in the class, I wanted to be smart at what I was interested in. And if I was going to fail bio two times, I was fine with that because that's not even what my major was. So <laughs> um, I don't even, I kind of ranted off the topic of your question, mm, but, um, but yeah, college was definitely, definitely interesting and a, and a learning experience um, for me, but you know, I figured it out. What was your major? TV broadcasting. Oh, perfect. Yeah, so I was a news anchor out of college, um, which was fun because you know I studied that and liked it, and and then um, then I got back into golf. Uh, so yeah, so okay, so where were you doing your uh, first stint as a TV news anchor? 
Yeah, I was in Colorado Springs um, at the at the local Fox station there. Um, got a job right out of college, and my my news director, who's basically the boss in the room for for people who don't know much about news, is a uh, he played baseball at Alabama, so he was, you know, all about giving the athletes a chance and and knowing my work ethic as an athlete and and stuff like that. And so, I uh, it was funny because people who I worked with used to be like, "Oh, well, you only got this job because you know Joe wanted you because you're an athlete." And I'm like, "Okay, what about it? <laughs> like, I'm here and you're here, and we're making the same amount of money, so you can get over that hump." So it was funny the way it all worked out and. Uh, he took a chance on me and I was very grateful for that and everything worked out even though I didn't end up staying in in the industry I'm I'm super thankful for everything I learned when I was there so how did you then transition back into the world of golf yeah so I missed golf well let me back up I stopped playing my senior year my uh January of my senior year I just kind of came to this realization and I was like I don't think I want to do this anymore Hmm. and it was it was very much so centered around, um, you know, just being tired of practicing. I don't like practicing. I still don't like practicing. And, um, I felt like I wasn't benefiting the team by being there. Um, so I decided to, you know, pursue broadcast and actually dig into what I was studying and, and I, got a job and then I didn't touch a club for almost two years. Um, People say like, Oh, there's cobwebs on my clubs. Like, no, there were actually spiders (laughs) on my clubs in my garage in Colorado. Um, I played one time in those two years and that was at the, the company outing. So um, I had definitely a bad taste in my mouth, the way that I left the sport and, and the pressure I was putting on myself and everything. And so I um, started to miss it, but I didn't miss playing. I just missed the conversation. I missed watching golf. I missed, you know, being out there with my family. And and so I was like, well, what if I look for jobs in back in Orlando at the Golf Channel, you know, because I was 23 at the time and I had been away since I was 18 at college. I, had, I hadn't been at, at school so or hadn't been at home. So decided to look for jobs at golf channel, found one just on the internet, applied like a, like a normal person. Um, and then got the job, moved back here all within, I think two weeks I applied, interviewed, flew down to, flew down to interview, um, and then moved all within I think two and a half weeks. So, um, it was pretty crazy and, but it was great. I mean, it was, it was what I needed and it was a stepping stone I needed. And I finally, you know, started playing again. I just had to have those little parameters with myself about, you know, how I was going to treat the game of golf a little bit differently and, and be a little bit nicer to myself about it and, and stuff like that. But that's, that's how I got back into it. And I try to play like once a week now and make it super fun. Yeah. I, I had a similar experience. I, I ejected a little earlier uh, really when I was a senior in high school, uh, I, I got, you know, pretty burned out after, you know, about 10 years of, you know, similar, uh, practice regiment. Um, and, you know, while I was in college, I just barely played. I mean, I, yeah, probably, you know, again, once or twice a year when, you know, one of my fraternity brothers or something wanted to go out. And, um, but same kind of thing, you know, once I got out of college and you're, 
you know, you're single, you're a, a young professional or whatever, and you start, um, uh, you start looking around at, you know, your schedule and you start finding a lot of free time <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, golf kind of started sucking me back in and, and it really, um, I, I felt like it, um, you know, it pulled me back in with a vengeance and, uh, you know, I hadn't really let go since. So, you know, when you got to the golf channel, you started kind of having that spark again, I guess, what, what kind of work did they you know put you on when you first got there? Yeah, so I was I was on the uh, the editorial team, the digital team, which basically meant that you know you see all the all the articles from Brian Lavner, Will Gray, Rex Hoggard, um, Randy Mel, all those you know senior writers there, and they would be on site, right? So just to give you an example, it would be Waste Management Week, mm-hmm. just like it is now, and we would the the writers would um, listen to all the press conferences and look at all the transcripts, and then. Lavner would email us and say, okay, I'm going to write three blogs about this. One of them is going to be about uh, Ricky. One of them is going to be about Rory. One of them is going to be about uh, Brooks. And then the other, the one's going to be about the leaders. And we'd say, okay, cool. Then he'd send them to us as he'd finish them. We'd proofread them, put the little hyperlinks and the photos and the images and the, you know, relevant articles and everything, basically make it look pretty and then put it on the website and then tweet it. So it was kind of like they did the grunt work of like actually the content and we just kind of made it look mm-hmm. pretty. Um, but it was a lot of um, later nights, you know, after the tournament, we worked obviously pre- predominantly after the event um, was over on TV. So it was uh, a lot of like 2 PM to 10 PM shift. Excuse me. Right. As I said that I yawned, <laughs> um, but but yeah it was a lot of like 2 to 10 p.m shifts and uh most every weekend um but it was fun and it was we we all worked from home so I just got to sit around and and watch golf and do a little bit of website work Hmm. which was pretty fun yeah I was gonna say I I was kind of curious what the vibe was like down there but it sounds like you know you the 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 vibe was what you made of it at home yeah we we went into the office um for majors um, just to make sure we just to kind of skip the step of, you know, we used Slack uh-huh. to communicate the little chat room. And, you know, if you're in the same room, obviously, that eliminates a little bit of the time. So for, for majors, we would all meet in the office. Um, and, you know, just delegate tasks from there rather than it being eight people in a chat room trying to fight over who was going to do what. So the vibe in the in the newsroom was awesome. Our desk was right in the middle of the newsroom because, you know, it, it relied a lot on us getting, if there was any breaking news or anything like that was to get it up on the website immediately. So um, yeah, it was awesome. And it was just a bunch of people who loved the sport, which I was super happy to be around after a little bit of a hiatus and, uh, yeah, I was just surrounded by a ton of good people. I actually shared a desk with uh, Trevor Immelman and Ryan Burr and Cara Banks. We were all like in the same little quad. So they were just amazing people and, and Jaime Diaz and uh, all of them were just incredible people and never had a bad experience with any of them. So um, very down to earth, just love talking about the sport, but the vibe was awesome. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that's a that's a good group to hang out with. Um, so, how long were you working for the Golf Channel? 
Yeah, so I started there January 2nd of 2019. And then um, after the layoffs, I was done on August 29th of 2020. So you were kind of there, you know, obviously you've been, you know, a hot topic in the, you know, world of golf Twitter the last, you know, I don't know, six or eight months. Um, you were there for sort of the, the unwinding of golf channel as we knew it. Um, what was that like? Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty weird. Um, because I think that a lot of the younger people, me and a couple of other people on my team and just a couple other people I knew in general, felt very blindsided, um, especially with the amount that we were working from home. You know, we're not in the office to kind of hear the chatter and the buzz and the, you know, what's going on and who, what are people talking about and what's the office gossip, you know, and um, which was great, except when this kind of stuff happens, you know, so um, it was weird. We got a code red email, um, which I assume would be the same severity of like tiger getting a DUI kind of thing, you know, like everyone meet now kind of thing. And, and it was strange. Um, we had an, like an emergency meeting basically. And everybody in the newsroom was, was told that, that the company was moving. And I just remember, um, someone saying like, yeah, well, we have great severance packages. And I'm like, wait a minute, what, like, what is happening? Um, And I think like before that meeting, I just had no idea. And so that made it kind of tough, you know, Um, just kind of being a little bit lost. But I mean, trust me, I don't I don't hold any hostility against against the Golf Channel and against the way that they handled it. I think, you know, it was a tough position to be put in. And and I think that at the end of the day, everybody did the best that they could with what they had. And and luckily for me, you know, I landed on my feet better than I have ever been so um you know at at the moment I was thinking you know how am I gonna you know I had just bought a house two months before I'm like how am I gonna pay my mortgage like what am I gonna you know how am I gonna put food on the table and what am I gonna do and and now that's that's not even close to a concern for me anymore so I think it's just a testament to you know what I said before just everything works out you've just gotta just trust in whatever you believe in and any faith or religion or or higher power or universe or whatever. It just, everything will work out. And that's kind of what I've learned the most over the last few months. Yeah. So, so how much lead time did you have, you know, between the code red meeting and, and your last day? Yeah. So the, the meeting was uh, very early COVID. So like February. um, And I want to say it was, end of February, early March, like I'm talking yeah. days before COVID, well. COVID started. Um, and then they told us, you know, we're going to start making decisions on who we want to keep, who we're going to let go, who's going to move, who's not going to move um, to Connecticut. And I knew right away, like I went home that night and my mom was like, well, do you want to go? I'm like, hell no, I'm not <laughs> going to Connecticut. Are you kidding me? I'm like, I just bought a house here. I just moved back to be closer to y'all. I live two blocks away. I'm in my favorite city in the entire world. And you want me to move to Connecticut of all places. You are on some crack. (laughs) And um, so I just was like, I mean, because there were jobs that you could apply for, for sure. Like you could go and apply for different jobs and, and have an opportunity to move up there. And I was, I just had no interest in that. Um, 
and now that I see, you know, my friends who did move up there posting all their 10 mm. feet of snow, I'm like, have fun yeah. with that. Have fun with that. Um, so, yeah. It, but then the meeting was February or March, back to your original question. And um, they started calling us uh, a couple months later to tell us what phase we were in. So there were different phases of the layoffs, phase one, two, and three. And phase one um was their last day was august 29th phase two was i want to say october 29th and then phase three was a custom date like sometime around the end of the year ish it was a little bit different for everyone so um several months we had several months of just um you know knowing we had an end date which was kind of weird um, cause it was a little bit hard to be motivated, oh, yeah. you know, when you're like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still working this job. I've got three months left, but I know I'm fired on August 29th. So it was strange. Um, but yeah. So from, from your, um, yeah, you're sitting there, you find out what, how long, how long before you, the wheel started turning on, uh, the ideas that have now become your, uh, very own business. Yeah. It's funny you ask that because people ask me that all the time. And I'm like, uh, I never, ever huh. thought of this. Like this was never, this was never a dream. This was never a goal. Um, it really just kind of happened. And, um, my dad owns his own business. He's a financial advisor and he's had a very successful career for the last 45 years almost. And he's always told me, you got to work for yourself. We got to figure out a way like, you know, work for yourself and make, you know, be your own boss. And I'm like, nah, sounds like a lot of work, you know, <laughs> like, nah, no, nah, I'm not up for that. Um, so basically what happened is when I was, I got the news that, you know, golf channel was laying me off officially. I got my end date. I tweeted something about it. I don't know. And a guy named Travis Fulton, mm-hmm, I don't know if you're mm-hmm. familiar with him, He's a golf instructor, big on Instagram, um, messaged me and he was like, Hey, I'm looking for some help with my, my Instagram and my Twitter and my social media. And like, I really love your presence. Would you like to chat? And I was like, well, I don't know. Sure. Um, mostly cause I, this was what I was still mm-hmm, at golf mm-hmm. channel. So I had a lot, I had a lot of mornings free, you know, the day was pretty slow until the content started coming in at the mm-hmm. end of the day. So I was like, yeah, I could, I could help him out a little bit. And, and, um, so started working with him like very part-time kind of side gig ish. Um, and then when I was about a month out of, out of, uh, being done with golf channel, he came to me and he was like, I'll hire you full-time. Like I'll, you know, keep, keep you afloat and, you know, figure out a way for us to work together. And at this point I was kind of doing everything for him. You know, every post you see on Instagram, every tweet, every, you know, LinkedIn, you know, everything was me and I was having so much fun doing it and learning more about it. And then, you know, I started to get a couple more clients and then a couple more clients. And then I was like, okay, I think I accidentally have a business. (laughs) (laughs) So my dad sat me down one day and he was like, okay, so you can't just start keep putting this in your personal bank account. Like we need to Uh figure this out and you've got to register for an LLC and, and get business cards. And I was like, no, sounds like a lot of work. And, um, but now it's, it's just awesome. And I'm just trying to figure out a way to keep, keep my head above water and, uh, 
like I said, everything works out and everything gets done. Um, but it's just interesting because people have those dreams of owning their own company and that just yeah. was never me. Um, so long no, answer, no, that's fantastic. You <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, now, now you're living in the land of tax write-offs and, and, you know, <laughs> exactly. Having fun, right? Exactly. Uh, you know, it's, it is a unique journey. Um, I got, I, I, <laughs> still kind of one of those things that when I get ready to say it out of my mouth, I'm like, Oh God. Um, I, I, when I lost my previous, uh, job, uh, I had a couple of months leeway to kind of figure some things out, similar situation. And I had a a good friend of mine who had kind of poked and prodded at me to, you know, help him out with some things, uh, with their company called and basically said, all right, you ready to, you know, give us a little bit more of your attention. And, you know, that was client number one. And then, you know, same kind of thing. You know, you had a, had a, had a few more calls like that, a few more after that. And, uh, next thing I know, I was like, all right, this kitchen table shit ain't going to work very long. I got We got to get this, <laughs> this ramped up a touch. And, but it's, it's been a, it's been a hell of a fun adventure, you know? And like I said, you, you kind of get, you know, thrust into learning a lot of things that I, I, you know, I, I started down the path of business school and college. And, and by the time I got to business calculus, I was like, uh, uh-uh, no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'll pass on all that. Uh, let yeah. my friends go figure that stuff out. And, um, you know, I, I, I slummed around in political science where things were a little, little lighter. Um, but same thing. I, <laughs> I, I always thought it would be kind of cool maybe to have my own business, but I didn't, you know, didn't really, uh, know if I would ever, you know, fully jump in and take that plunge. But I will tell you, I, and I'm curious if you agree, the, the freedom is, uh, is quite addicting. Yeah, it's definitely addicting for sure. You make a good point. It's, it's something that I'm just trying to get used to, you know, like I, sometimes I wake up at, at five, sometimes I wake up at nine and, and do what I want to do and just go through my, my list of things that I got to do for the day. And it's a lot of responsibility. It's a lot of organization, but it's been good. I've, I've hired a couple people to help me out and I'm trying to get better at delegating those tasks, but it's fun knowing that, you know, I've got a couple weddings to go to. I'm in that, that part of my life where everybody's mm-hmm. getting married and, um, and I don't have to worry about, you know, requesting time off or <laughs> doing yeah. any of that stuff. So that's been definitely a bonus and, and I can prioritize and get things done, um, as I see fit, which is just, like I said, something I'm trying to figure out. Um, but it's definitely trial and error. And I think it's been really fun because, you know, I don't have a marketing degree. I don't, I don't have, you know, severe background in this or, or expertise. My expertise really came from experience. Um, and I could argue that that's more valuable, but, um, I definitely think that, you know, the growth that I'm, that I'm giving my clients is, is evidence of that. So it's been fun. And like you said, it's definitely addicting. (laughs) Oh yeah. Uh, now are most of your clients in the golf space or are they, you know, from around the entire economy? Yeah, I've got about half and half. Um, mm-hmm. I've got some golf. I've got some, you know, kind of lifestyle. Some people here in town, I got a boutique on Park Ave. Mm-hmm. I've got a roofing company here in town, a very, you know, big upscale roofing company. I've got um, a couple of new uh, training aids um, new golf glove company. This, this is cool though, actually. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to plug them because no, they're, no, please, they're, no. they're literally not even, um, like around open for business yet, but there's this really new golf glove, really cool new company that's coming out that 
it's kind of like you know the socks that they donate a pair when you buy a yeah. pair mm-hmm. it's exactly like that and they donate a glove to the first tee every oh, time you cool. buy one so it's cool it's a subscription service you'll never have to worry about having like an old dirty glove and so i don't know just kind of i'm i'm trying to get get myself in like the new things that yeah. are, that are mm-hmm. coming up and coming and you know helping people build brand strategies and marketing plans and and stuff like that but but yeah, I would say it's about half and half in golf yeah. and, in, and in the other space. But it's it's really valuable to have golf expertise in this world um, because it builds a lot of credibility and it can lose you credibility pretty quickly as well. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's a good point. Um, yeah, I, 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 I teach a class at Florida State. It's a um, it's a political science master's level class called Creating Compelling Campaigns. And what mm. I tell what I tell them is, you know, in my opinion, at least, and I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't have a you know marketing degree, but I do, I do have, um, you know, a, a higher level degree in, in the political world that had a lot of, you know, comms and marketing stuff built into it. But I tell them it's like selling, whether you're selling a golf glove or selling somebody a, a new roof, you know, it's really the same stuff, you know, and the same thing with, if you're selling a political idea, it's all the same you know, the same principles uh, you, you know, you got, you know, there's some tactics that, you know, you might implement a little differently, but you know, you either, you either know how to, how to sell an idea uh, and a product or, or you don't, um, you know, and obviously, you know, to your point, you can, you can learn that through uh, experience sometimes a lot better than you can um, out of a book. So, you know, what are some of the things that when you're working with a client trying to um, you know, build a, a new brand like that, um, what are some of the things that you try to coach them up on? Well, let me, let me say something to your first mm-hmm. point, because I thought that was interesting. I had a client uh, or potential client recently, um, who's in the golf and tennis space and, you know, we're on the phone and, and he's like, well, what's your knowledge about tennis? And, you know, how comfortable do you feel about, about, um, about promoting something and building a brand around something that, you know, your sport, you don't play. And my response to him was kind of very off the cuff. And like Mm -hmm. I said, I'm trying to figure all this out. I don't have all the answers to every question anybody's going to ask me because I haven't been doing this for very long. Mm -hmm. And I'm very open about that. I'm like, you know, I'm trying to figure out, figure it out as I go. So my answer was, if I only had clients in the spaces where I was an expert in, I would have like one client. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you make a good point. Whereas it's, it's all about the strategy. And the wording and the phrasing and, and that kind of stuff can come later. But mm-hmm. I just think it's um, it's very interesting the way that, that some people see it very differently. And you kind of have to bring those people back to earth. Like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not what this is about. Like, yes, I understand you have to have the right terminology and you have to talk about the things the right way. But at the same time, um, you know, there's stuff to be learned and there's, there's strategy to be had. But going back to your question, I, we do a ton of, uh, of community engagement. And that's something that I think is, is extremely important is reaching out to people in, in like communities, you know, going under hashtag golf, um, Mm -hmm. hashtag golf video, you know, hashtag uh, golf fail or whatever, and and liking and commenting on people's stuff, following people. Um, That's a, that's a really great organic way to build your brand um, that's free. Um, Obviously you can run paid ads, you can run Facebook ads, Instagram ads, any kind of ad campaigns, and, and that's fine and well if you have the money to do it, but there are plenty of ways to grow without doing that. And so, you know, we always try to start there and, and try to build up the brand in, 
in organic ways within that same uh, community. And, and so far we've seen some pretty good results. Have you found, um, you know, that, that you run into some people who are, um, maybe short-term minded, uh, versus those who are long-term minded. Yeah. I, I, I try to only, you know, when I can only work with people that want to build a long-term relationship because, you know, to your point, and I thought that was, that was very well said about, you know, kind of going in and, um, you know, through community engagement, I, I call it, um, you know, learning to become a native, right. You know, you have yeah. to, you have to sort of, you know, play Jane Goodall and hide in the bushes and, you know, watch the, watch the group for a while and figure out, you know, who's the leader, who's talking, who's driving the conversation. And then you go in and, and engage and, and that takes time. Um, and so I always try to convey that to people and say, you know, look, Hey, if you're looking for a quick hit here, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe there's something I can do for you, but really we need to have a strategy that's, that's much more long winded than that. You know, do you, do you, do you get that kind of same, um, dichotomy with people? I haven't gotten a ton of that. I've gotten a few. Um, I think my, my problem right now mostly is that people don't really have a grasp on the time that this stuff takes, mm-hmm. right? Like they, um, they don't really have a grasp. Like they think everything should be like um, super cheap and mm-hmm. done in like five seconds. And that's just, that's just not how the social media world runs nowadays. And and I think um, I've had a few special projects here and there, you know, where I'll do some some videos or some photos for some people. And that, I would say, is pretty short term. But yeah. I'm like you for the for the for most people, I, I want to have, you know, relationships with these people and, and build and grow together. Um, that's one of the things that I have, you know, in my proposals is like we're committed to providing you with brand specific content that you're proud to show your audience. And we won't rest until we do that. Um, and one of the things that, that I have in there as well says something along the lines of, we know you're a big brand with big goals and we can achieve those goals together. Um, whether it's a big brand or not, people, you always want to be. So (laughs) it's big to them. Yeah, exactly. It's their whole life. So Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's just a fine tuning balance, but I'm definitely with you on there. It's, it's, um, it's interesting, uh, the different ways people can approach it. And especially if they have some knowledge of, of what I'm doing or none at all. It's, it's definitely learning how to cater to each client individually. You know, talking about brand, I think you've built a very uh, unique voice, unique personal brand, you know, particularly through you know, your use on Twitter um, and, and in the world of golf, Twitter, how would you, you know, if you were looking at yourself through the lens of uh, uh, a client, <laughs> yeah. how would you, how would you describe your own personal brand these days and, and what you try to do with it? Well, I, you know, I started my Twitter, um, I always had a Twitter, but I started really utilizing it um, around like 800 or 900 followers. And that was when I was at Golf Channel. And um, I just started tweeting stuff that I cared about, or that I was interested in. Um, I didn't care if anybody liked it. I still don't. Like I'm, I know so many influencers and and trust me, I don't consider myself one of them, but (laughs) I know so many people who if their tweet doesn't get 50 likes, they're deleting it. Like, I just don't care. Like if you don't like what I have to say, I don't care. Uh And I think that that's, that's kind of what I've branded myself around is just being super relatable. And like, and that's the kind of uh, vibe that I'm trying to give off. You know, I I posted, I remember one of my biggest posts was I posted a video of, um, 
of myself like chunking five in a row on the range and me like yelling the F word and I like put bleeps <laughs> over it. And somebody was like, wow, even the good players do it too. And it's like, yeah, like, trust me, this is not, I'm not perfect. And not that I think anybody thinks I am, but I just, I try to, you know, show the real side of life. And a lot of, a lot of social media is, is highlight reels and, and what other people want to see. And, and that's just not, not how I choose to do things. And um, I'm hoping that it maybe sparks a change in some other people as well. And a little bit less pressure and a little bit less comparison. Um, but if it doesn't, I mean, I I'm comfortable where I'm at in the space and that's, that's all that matters to me. Yeah. Well, you know, not to sound uh, too cliche, I guess, but um, I, I do find your voice, you know, refreshing, you know, golf Twitter uh, in particular can be, um, uh, a bit heavy on, uh, uh, white guys. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, seeing, you know, women with strong voices is, is fantastic. Um, amongst other, you know, uh, groups that we like to see, you know, gain some traction there, but, um, the, you know, that piece you wrote for the golfers journal, I thought was so wonderful. Um, it was, it was, it was uniquely on brand. I felt like for you, it was a, a perfect representation. I thought of, you know, the, the way you, uh, uh, portray, you know, the realities of your life, both, you know, uh, in and around golf. Um, how did, how did that piece come about? Um, uh, did, uh, you, you submit that to them or did, uh, Travis and them come to you? Yeah. Um, wow. That was fun. I just, I forget about that sometimes, but that was, that was really fun experience. Um, it was after the PGA show two years ago now, uh, 2019, it was my first time going with the golf channel and I, um, or no, that's a lie. It was 2020, wasn't it? I think it was. Um, yeah, that's the last one they did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I tweeted something about, um, return of the golfers taking or people no I said people talk about khakis and backpacks and and navy blazers but nobody talks about the golf golfer takeover on dating apps during PGA (laughs) show week and I mean it got so much traction and that's just kind of a, a realistic example of like I was just thinking that and just tweeted it and I didn't care if anybody else thought it was funny because most of my male followers really don't care Um, but so, so many of them, I started diving more into my dating life and posting more of my screenshots of my dating apps and stuff. And people just ate that shit up. And that's really where a lot of my followers came from was that, you know, six month period where I was, um, I was like severely in the dating app world and it was not fun, but I was sharing my trials and my tribulations with, with the people on, uh, on Twitter, but they, they approached me, Casey from the golfers journal, uh, uh-huh. DM DM'd me my tweet. And he was like, this is hilarious. Any interest in writing a piece for us on it? And I was like, sure. You know, I'm, I love fun writing. I'm not a big column writer about a serious topic, like uh-huh. the distance debate or something like that. I just, it's not who I am. I'd rather write about, you know, um, this kind of stuff. And so I saw it as a great opportunity and I, you know, put up a first draft and we did some edits and put some real conversations in there from, from that year. And I just, I thought it was so funny and I've I've gotten so much good feedback. Even I just got a message, uh, I think two or three days ago about somebody reading it. So I just think that that's the voice that golf needs in order to grow is that, you know, authentic, um, I don't want to say like, uh, 
women, but you know, just, I mean, we do need more women and minorities in the sport. And I think that bringing attention to something funny like that is a good way to do it. And especially because like you said, the, the audience is so predominantly older male that some, some of these people need to be brought back down to earth with like what is actually going on <laughs> in, the, in the golf space right now. So um, yeah, it was super fun. And I, I really had a lot of fun doing it. Well, and, you know, it's funny. I, I find that, that a lot of times, you know, in today's world, the th- things that really connect with people, um, you know, they come from a lot of different uh, angles. You know, real uh, authenticity is obviously huge, but especially when you can, you know, sort of frame it as, you know, here's my life. This is a bit of a joke and it's really funny. Um, yeah. Because everybody's going through it. You know, I mean, and, and if you can laugh at yourself, others will laugh along with you. You know, that's the easiest way to kind of get a chuckle, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think that's exactly what I try to do is make people feel like, oh, that's not just me, you know, like, and that's, that's something that, you know, that's, I mean, that's what relatable means. And that's just what I try to do and, and who I try to be. And I do better at it some days and worse at it some days, but that's, that's my goal. Well, and and people, you know, smell through the bullshit of, you know, the, the, the glossiness that so many try to put, you know, over their lives. And it's just, everybody knows that's just not real. And, 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 you know, when you can, what makes you stop as you're scrolling through the, you know, thousands of tweets that happen every second um, is when you see something that, you know, reminds you of the realness of life. And so I I just, I love that piece. I love that whole, that whole story. And I think your, your timeline does that, you know, on the reg. I mean, I I feel like there's, with, with a high level of regularity, I see, something that makes me stop and, and chuckle. And, you know, again, for me, you know, as a, you know, a, I, I never got to experience the, um, the dating apps. I was, you know, <laughs> I, I ejected, uh, uh, through engagement a little bit before that hit the scene, but it cracks me up just to see, you know, and hear that different perspective and, and in a real way. And you, you do a great job with it. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's so funny how I, when I remember the first time I tweeted a screenshot of, of a dating app, the response was just insane. <laughs> and then, and then people would like randomly reply to one of my unrelated tweets and be like, how's Bumble? And I'm like, okay, chill. Like, I'm not going to post every conversation I have. And now it's funny. Cause I have a boyfriend and he like all the, like right now he's looking at me going, I'm sorry. Like, I know <laughs> it's now I don't have, now I already lost like 500 followers because of you. So that's funny. Um, that was another funny thing that I tweeted about, like the amount of followers I lost when I, when I got into a relationship, which I don't really care at all, but, um, just funny the way that, that people respond to things and, and, um, social media as a whole is just, it can be very toxic, but it is what you make it in my opinion. And, and for me, I try to make it a light. Yeah, I think that's, that's well. So your boyfriend, uh, I've seen some, some of that content. Is he, he's a golfer? He is. He's currently waving at the phone. Um, yeah, he played at Brown and I oh, played cool. at Arkansas. So we uh, very we similar go... institutions. Yeah, he uh, he's very book smart. I'm very street smart. Um, and, you know, we each don't have the other one. So, yeah. well, um, that's a content yeah. rich environment in and of itself, right? Yeah, we we try to make a we make a good team and we bet a little bit on the golf course and uh he can actually beat me every once in a while so that's you know that's 
that's something didn't know that's i would it, be yeah. in that kind of relationship but <laughs> here we are uh, that keeps things interesting um so so what's the road ahead look like for you you know business is booming got a lot of good stuff happening there where where are we going uh the rest of this year and beyond yeah i mean i'm just trying to grow i'm trying to just get as many clients as i can and if that means i've got to hire people then that's what i have to do and I'm kind of my goal uh, really with with what I'm doing is not only to manage social media, but it's kind of to be a one stop shop for people. Um, so if you come to me and, you know, you need a website and, and product photography and social media management and uh, ad spend and all this kind of different stuff, instead of you going out and hiring a website designer and hiring a photographer and hiring all these other people, it's just kind of my goal is to kind of make it all through my company. That way it eliminates you having to spend time doing that stuff on your own rather than I'm the middleman and I'm the one handling all of the, all of the day-to-day business, mm-hmm. making sure things get done right. And I kind of feel like some, some people do that and some marketing agencies do that, but some, some people are so solely focused on the one thing that they want to do that, um, that I feel like there's a missed opportunity because these business owners and these, these brands that I'm working with, you know, they're trying to build a brand themselves Mm -hmm. just with the product. They don't have time to talk to a web designer for 30 minutes a day and, and, uh, and stuff like that. So that's, that's kind of where I'm going. And I'm, you know, I'm realizing that and, and trying to figure out my elevator pitches and my, you know, taglines and stuff like that. It's, it's just very much, it comes back to that. I'm just trying to make your life easier. Um, and whether that's, you know, producing sales, that makes your life easier. Whether it's taking things off your plate, that makes your life easier. Um, so I'm, that's just kind of, kind of the goal. And I just, I hope to keep, to keep growing. And I'm, I'm very much the person who doesn't want to say no. I'm, I'm more of the say yes and figure it out kind of person. Um, so that's where I'm at. And I'm, I'm always ready to, ready to take on new things. And if that means I got to go hire someone else, then, then I'll do it. Yeah, no, I love that. I I got a good friend of mine who's a uh, home builder, you know, general contractor, and I was having lunch with him not too long ago, and and we got to talking, and I said, you know, I I, I actually kind of see myself as a a general contractor from a you know communication standpoint. You know, it's like you, you tell me what you need, I'll go put the team together to to make it happen for you. You know, and 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 you know, you're right. You you make a lot of friends when you say yes and you make a lot of clients when you say yes. And then, you know, there's always a pathway to figure it out. It just takes time and effort and energy and uh, uh, a little hard work. And uh, sounds like you got all those things in spades. Well, I'm working on it and trust me, I'm nowhere near perfect and I'm, I'm going to mess up and I'm going to tweet things from the wrong account. I've done it <laughs> plenty of times already, but, um, but it, I'm lucky to have great clients who, who understand that, you know, I'm doing my best and I'm new and I'm, you know, figuring it out as I go. So I've, I'm in a good place and, and I'm just eager to learn anything and everything and just keep growing as fast as I can. Hey, well, if it happens to Patrick Reed, you know, it can happen. (laughs) Amen to that. Yeah. Well, Samantha, this has been great. I really enjoyed uh, catching up a little bit, hearing about how, how, how business is going and, you know, obviously your golf journey and, um, you know, wish you luck today in the uh, three club uh, winter park skins game and, uh, you know, try not to take all your boyfriend's money. 
Oh, well, all of his money goes to me anyway, right? Isn't that how relationships work? That's a smart young lady right there. Yep, there we go. Or a smart young man, I should say. Uh, yeah, yeah, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> now you're thinking. It's been fun catching up with you. Let's catch up again soon. Yeah, I look forward to it. And uh, best wishes on uh, all your business success. Thank you so much. You too, and have a great weekend. You too, Samantha. Talk soon. All right, bye-bye.